Good morning. It's Saturday. That's Coach Noah Johnson. I'm Grant Cohn. He's back from Brazil, but he's going back in a couple weeks because he's getting married. And then we're both going to be married. No big deal. Humble brag. Congratulations, Coach. Yeah. Sweet little tax break, right? I, I guess. I don't understand. My wife handles those things. I'm still essentially 12 years old. Uh, <laughs> someone said that we're always a couple minutes. I'm always a couple minutes late. Do other people start their YouTube shows on time? Because if so, why? That's whack. All right. The title of the show is What the Niners Should Do with Brandon Ayuk. Um, before we get there, I think we should talk about what they almost did with Mike McGlinchey. <clears throat> Nick Wagner of ESPN. <coughs> Nick Wagner of ESPN did an excellent story chronicling the departure of Mike McGlinchey from the 49ers, his free agent journey. And part of the story was that the Niners were trying to trade him last year. They understood they were never going to re-sign him. And they went up and they apparently told him, look, hey, we're looking around, see if we can trade him. They didn't. They end up getting a third-round comp pick for him next year. What do you think of this news that the Niners were flirting with trading McGlinchey midseason? Um, I mean, it's good. It's actually good to hear because it's it's a good strategy, right? Like if you're if you know you're going to lose a player and you're not going to resign him anyways, wouldn't you try? Wouldn't you want to like try to offload that player to get something for him, especially um, if you think you can replace him? You know, with an adequate replacement. I don't know. I don't know. They maybe could have during the year, but um, it is nice to see that that they're that they're looking at their option. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't surprise me it really I mean they've they did trade DeForest Buckner right before um, obviously a different player different caliber player um, and they seem like they are they at least talk like they're very forthcoming with their players so it doesn't make sense right yeah um, I think it's interesting like they always said they th they said like they really like them. And the Broncos gave him this huge contract, like he's really important. But uh, they were going to trade him midseason on a title run. Like they don't. Apparently, they think they're just fine with Colton McKivitz, right? Because they were real close to doing that, trading McGlinchey, starting McKivitz the rest of the way. And frankly, how could we blame them? Because in 2021, McGlinchey went down, and they started Tom Compton the rest of the way, and made it just as far as they made it with McGlinchey this year. So, despite how much they say they like him. I don't think they really feel like he's tough to replace. I think they felt like he was not essential to their title run at any point. And I agree with them. I think he's probably like, if he's on your roster, I think he's better, like at least, or at least uh, to last year, like he's, he's better than Colton McKivitt. So if he's on your roster, you're going to go with Mike McGlinchey. But if he's, yeah. but uh, you know, when you're comparing Mike McGlinchey versus maybe if they got a second round pick for him or something like that, the second round pick is worth the slight downgrade to Colton McKivitt, right? When you're going to lose Mike McGlinchey anyways the next year. Right. And maybe it's like they felt it's so close between McGlinchey and McKivitt's anyway. Play McGlinchey. Pretend you like him. You know, see what you can get from for uh, for him in a trade. I wonder, though. I bet you they didn't get many good off offers. I bet you they figured, let's just take that third round comp pick for him. That'll be better than whatever people are offering. Um and that's yeah. pretty interesting. But because I bet a lot of the teams, like Mike, you would trade for Mike McGlinchey, I would think, if you are in desperate need of a right tackle and you're in contention. When yeah. I think 
I don't know how many of those teams were out there. And they're like the teams that we're, we're going to sign them. I, I feel like, like, well, why do we need to make that trade? We'll just do it in the off season. It's not like we're not trading for, it's not Trent Williams. It's not a guy like, you know, obviously he, he's the best right tackle on the market, but what's the market. And then he's not a hall of fame potential tackle. Like, you know, we got to go get this guy. He's on the no. line. You know, so they so, probably didn't get great offers. The Niners probably figured, you know, if we play him the rest of the season, some stupid team will give him way too much money, and we'll get a third round comp pick. And that's exactly what happened. And the and the the, uh, the article made it seem like the Broncos, you know, made the right move, and the Niners saw this coming. A player his caliber, they couldn't afford it. It seemed like the Broncos were the suckers of the offseason, and they gave out the worst contract of the offseason. What were they doing? They replaced the right, the right tackle that they signed from the 49ers with the right <laughs> with the other right tackle. Yeah, honestly, they signed Tom Compton the year before. They didn't learn their lesson. They're getting Tom Compton 2.0. Next next year, it'll, they're going to get Cole McKivitz. They'll get Cole McKivitz next year. <laughs> Hilarious. So what did we learn from this? Uh, the Niners preserve Mike McGlinchey's value. It's important for them to start him and say, he's good, he's good, he's good. Because all it took was one team, like the Broncos, to give him a big contract. And now the Niners get something for McGlinchey. They got a third-round comp pick. I bet you it's more than he was worth in an actual trade. So that's pretty genius. They, they kind of spoke that into existence. And Sean Payton and George Patton and John Elway, or I don't even know if he's still involved, but they fell for it. Hilarious. And good for Mike, though. $50 million guaranteed. No, sweet for me. I mean, sweet for Mike. Dude, I said this one time after a preseason game. Why is it so funny, Fernando? I think it's just my nephew. He's probably just calling it. No, he doesn't have two dollars to give me. All right. So (laughs) we saw what the Niners tried to do with Mike McGlinchey. That was a first round pick that they didn't extend. Now we got another first round pick, Brandon Ayuk. He's up for an extension. They could extend his contract today. Something tells me they won't, at least not today, probably not this offseason, maybe next offseason. What do you think the Niners should do with Brandon Ayuk? Well, you, I mean, you and I have had this conversation privately, you know, with, with is like, I think you trade wide receivers, I think you trade away wide receivers before you sign them and you just go get younger at that position because I feel like why there's so many good wide receivers. There's, Every year in the draft, there's so many, there's so many of them, and the game it makes it so easy for for wide receivers. Like, so I understand yeah. the the value of a wide receiver is there, right, because of the passing game and all that. But the problem is because the game is easier for a wide receiver. A wide receiver that's normally that would normally be a B is now like an A minus or an A. So you're getting you can't more, touch him. You can't touch more. him. You can't touch the quarterback. Yeah, right? you're yeah. So what, why yeah. are you going to pay a premium price for for a guy where you can get something cheaper that can do that can do most of the same, yeah, most yeah. Of the same thing? Or very, so yeah. like, it's better to spend your money or spend your or spend your capital at positions where it's it's more difficult to do that job. Like I would argue, corner, like spend on corner because a guy. If you can get a guy, now it's it's difficult to get, right? But if you can get a corner that can that can cover yeah. without getting flagged, without like that, there's not a lot of those in in the league. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the same principle on the offense. Like offensive linemen are hard. Good offensive linemen are tougher to find than good D linemen. Good corners are tougher to find than good wide receivers. It's just wait. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot more difficult. 
to spend yeah. something on where where it's more difficult to obtain. And now you can you can trade. That's why I last year I was an advocate for trading away Debo because I yeah. thought he was a great player and I, and he absolutely should get paid. I'm not advocating that he shouldn't or nor should, I'm right. like Brian, no, you shouldn't. But I think right. there's value and just keep keep refreshing your roster with younger receivers. Trade them. Right. Get a younger guy. Trade him. Get I mean, that's what that's what Kansas City's doing, and it's, it seemed like at the time with Debo, well, you can't really replace him because he's a running back and a wide receiver. And if you get rid of him, you have to get two players. Well, you know what? Running backs are easy to find, and you could have traded him for a legit wide receiver. Because right now, he's not looking like a legit wide receiver. They did replace him. They they got a running back that can play wide receiver. They did replace him. They did, and they also drafted a running back and drafted a wide receiver back to back. So they tried. Um, but now here's the thing, like. I'm with you. I don't think they should probably extend Brandon Ayuk. They've extended too many. And I think at this position, they could trade him and get someone probably just as good. But also, the extension the extension process with him is going to be difficult. And um, if Debo felt like – if we thought the Debo one was uncomfortable, this one could be worse because Debo was coming off an all-pro year. There's not that much the Niners could say to him. All these extensions have come for players coming off you know, all-pro or Pro Bowl years. Uh, George Kittle, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead, Trent Williams, all of them had a lot of leveraging power. Ayuk doesn't have that. He's been consistent. He hasn't missed a game, but he hasn't been a Pro Bowler yet. And you know Prague's going to use that against him. So Ayuk's proud. He's also a little salty. And I wonder how this process is going to go when they start telling him that he's not that good. Right. And there's also, you know, is he's the uh, Brandon Ayuk is not in the the Cabo click. No, I don't think he's going to Cabo with, with, with those guys. So I don't like, think so. There, there's a different relationship there, right? Like, yeah, even with, with the Debo combo and all that, I mean, the way Debo talks is he's very close with Kyle, even with all friends. That. Right. Kyle so, says it with him. They right? have that to fall back on. Like right? last, like last, last off season, Kyle's like, look, people are like, why are you so confident it's going to work out with Debo? He's like, because I have a very close relationship with Debo. I know Debo. I'm gonna work this out with Ayuk. It's always much more like a tough love uh, relationship, right? Yeah, like if if, yeah. Brandon, if Brandon Ayuk really gets pissed off and then contract, are you gonna be able to recover from that? Because I don't know that there's that connection there. Exactly, and it seems like it's going that direction right now. He's already posturing, right? I already said they're gonna use his lack of accolades against him, and he just came out a couple days ago and tweeted. Hey, here are my accolades. Uh, a thousand, thousand yards as a fourth option to run first offense. Like what he's saying is, it's your fault. I don't have accolades. You know what I mean? You bury me in the pecking order. You run the ball. T- and you know what? He's right. He's right. To me, I look at Brandon Ayuk and I see Torrey Holt. But on this team, they're never going to use him like that. Maybe not quite as fast as prime Torrey Holt, but quite similar. And on this team, he's never going to be that. Although I think he's a more consistent, better player than Debo and Kittle. And I, I think I, he's a more dangerous receiver than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I see their point, but like that's not their that's not their job. I mean, that's not like, their job is to ultimately win. I mean, and if right. they feel like you know, if they feel like going a different route, it's it's a, him being the fourth option, which I, I don't know that he is the fourth option. He's probably like the second or third. Well, I mean, I think when they're all healthy, he might be the fourth the fourth option. But they're not all healthy all the time. He's the one that's healthy. Yeah, so but I see his point, but I wouldn't necessarily cave in, you know, cave into it. But I sure, of course, I think I think a trade here works for all sides. You know, like he'll he'll be able to go somewhere, get the production, or get the 
you know, and get the balls that he mm-hmm. wants. And if they'll probably get be able to get good value for him, um, and then they will get ahead of that contract, which they're probably not going to be able to pay out. I mean, barring some sort of substantial movement on the roster, like getting rid of, they'd have to get rid of some guys. You know. I I feel like there's still an. I think okay, so you say they should trade him. I understand it. It makes sense. You can't keep extending wide receivers, but I still feel like they extended Debo. And even though Ayuk's not in the Cabo click yet, I think he's like a he's like a pledge. You know, I, I think they want him to be in it. I, I think they want him. He's really good, and I think they're not giving up on him. I think they're just trying to use this tough love approach. It's a little scary to trade him because he is good and he could flourish if he gets you know a better quarterback and a better and more targets. So I think the way they're looking at it is Brock's their quarterback, even though he may not be. I think they're looking at it as Brock's their quarterback. They have at least like five years more cheap quarterback play, like three years of this rookie deal. And if they extend him, the first couple of years probably be pretty low too. So they can afford to extend Brandon Ayuk and have all and have this Cabo click really grow into a uh, a gang. I don't know. <laughs> so I I actually think they're they've budgeted for Brandon Ayuk to stay. I just feel like the next year is going to be really tense and awkward because Brandon is a lot like Debo. I mean, he wants, he's got, he's proud. He's proud. And Parag's going to test that. He's going to yeah, test I, that pride. I don't know how, like, how are they going to fit that into, but like, I, I don't know. But the, and the, the other- same way they keep doing it with, with, with like Hargrave, it's like, we'll give you a four year deal and we'll give you a, you know, a big signing bonus. So the first two years are pretty low against the cap and you get it. And your large cap numbers are the last two years when there's no guaranteed money. I mean, that's what they keep doing. Let's see if Ayuk agrees to it. But then, but like Bose is going to be on this, going to get his deal. You know it. Yeah. Yep. And that's going to be a huge chunk out of their thing. Now they're, yep. they're starting to get other contracts that they did that with. Those are going to start hitting. You know, eventually they're going to have to pay. Uh, I don't know when, when is Lance, when is Lance, if whatever, if they decide to continue with him. I mean, yeah, huh? Because it's trending that direction. No, what I think is, I really think the Niners have convinced themselves they don't need a quarterback. And I think they might do this. Because if they sign Ayuk, it really locks themselves into not being able to sign a quarterback for a very long time. And I think they're cool with that, which I think is crazy. Yeah, that's... It's kind of crazy. But I think they're cool with it. I would not... Honestly. I would not be cool with it. They're vehemently against ever bringing quarterbacks to Cabo. Cabo, quarterback's not allowed. You can't be in the clique. You know what I'm saying? They take too much... Attention! They overshadow everything because if you're in the if you're in the Cabo click, then Kyle doesn't get to hit the pizza oven like the quarterback. Exactly, it's all about letting Kyle throw the football in Cabo. <laughs> I'm telling you, I bet you, I bet you they resign Brandon Ayuk. I just, I can't. I, I'm excited to see him tweet more because it's going to be painful. You know, going. Don't you think? And and we had this this combo on the side before too. Don't you think that? The 49ers might have had the Mike McGlinchey conversation with Ayuk in the sense that, yeah, hey, we know we can't bring you back. No, because to me, with McGlinchey, they gave him that conversation. It was like, dude, we don't, it it was, he were being nice. Dude, we don't like you. But that's not what they said. Dude, you're so good. You're so good. We can't afford you. Like, uh huh. No, no, no. We don't want you. We think Colton McKivitz is just as good as you. So good luck. With Ayuk, it's not that simple, man. They don't dislike Brandon Ayuk. He's not, he's not Mike McGlinchey. He's damn good. And he might want $20 million a year. And that's where the Niners might balk and be like, well, you haven't been to a Pro Bowl. and we don't." The thing is, though, if they trade him, 
man, you kept Debo, who's older and less durable. You kept Kittle, who's older and less durable. Like, you kept McCaffrey, who's older and less durable. And you traded this guy, who hasn't missed a game in three years? Like, mm. I mean, he's not Buckner, but it feels like the Buckner move in the sense that you traded a guy who's a tone setter, who's durable, who gives you everything you want. He may not be as great as you as he thinks he is, but look at the guys you've invested in. I'd agree. They're old, you know? I'd agree with you. It's a, yeah. that I think, like I said, I thought last year looking ahead, the move was trade Debo. Debo. Keep Ayuk. Yeah. Keep but they already chose. They already right. chose. So, so now the only yeah. move is is Ayuk, right? Like, yeah. That's the only move. Yeah. But the thing but, is. Well, like, but let me ask you, would you do it now or would you do it next year? Because you don't have to do it now. You probably get more value now. Depends what. Depends what. I would do it depending on what. I would de- it would depend on what a team was willing to give me. What do you think his value is? He was the twenty fifth pick in the draft three years ago. Has his, could the Niners get more than that for him right now? I don't think so. I don't um, think so. What did what did the what did the Eagles give away for AJ, for AJ Brown? I can't remember. Something like something in the teens, right? Late teens, something late teens. I want to say. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, but I would take that. I would take 20. a late. I would take a late first round pick for for IU. Like yeah. But the Niners don't even yeah. have any first round. Like, if the, now, Niners, the Niners might mess that up and pick the wrong guy, but it seems like that worked out for the Vikings, right? Instead of yeah. giving Stephon Diggs money, who's very similar to Brandon Ayuk, they traded him and drafted Justin Jefferson. That worked out. Right. I mean, I think that if, if the 49ers... The Niners last year, had they traded Debo, could have drafted Garrett Wilson, who was like a, a, a uh, rookie of the year candidate. Right. Or if not the rookie of the year. Right. With, like, no quarterback. Right. Um... So they could, they could conceivably get a late first round, late first round pick, and then they have they'd have enough ammunition to, with that, with what they have to maybe they can move up, move, move up a few spots, move down a few spots because, because of the yeah. ammunition that they have. So like you know, they could turn that first round pick into, you know, another wide receiver or right, or right tackle or another defensive line. <laughs> and like once the Niners actually get a quarterback that they want and they, they pay and they have their franchise quarterback, this is what they'll have to do. And what they could do is essentially make this trade every three years. Get a guy, have him on his rookie deal, build up his value, trade him, do it again. Because again, it's not that hard. It's, I, I feel like it's not hard to find wide receivers anymore. When we were kids, there would be a lot of wide receiver busts in the first round. But now I feel like most of them are good. It, or good. They're supposed to be good. Good or mid, yeah. like and like except for Jalen Rieger. <laughs> <laughs> Get better drunk. He says, I agree with some stuff, I disagree with some stuff. That is isn't that the story of life right there? That's life. Just for fun, <laughs> tell us what you like about Kyle, why he's the right choice for us, devil's advocate. What I like about Kyle. Hmm. Well, he is an offensive coach. It's good, you know. He is I, it would be nice if he would build through his offense, but he's an offensive coach. He's very creative. I mean, he's very loyal to his dad's scheme, but he does seem like he can sort of, ha- you know, build his own stuff sometimes. Um, what else do I like about Kyle Shanahan? I like his hat. His hats. He's got really nice hats. Um, he doesn't really wear con- uh, uh, Yeezys anymore, which I appreciate. Sort of switched over to to Jordans. And, and uh, Jordans, I feel like, are a little uh, played out at this point. I mean, it's 2023. Michael Jordan's 60 years old. What are we doing here? Jordans? Anyway, that's a tangent. What else do you what else do I like about Kyle Shanahan? His haircuts is always very well groomed. I think that's nice. He's tall. He made some nice catches at Texas. He was a good wide receiver. 
can't even. Kyle, the biggest knock, the biggest, the biggest knock on Kyle is his inability to solve the quarterback position, and that's pretty much going to this. It's pretty going to decide his tenure at the 49ers. Like whether he figures that out or not. Like all coaches, even in like Andy Reid, who's held at the top right now, um, he has his faults too. But like right. the one thing that is able to push override. Him, He's able to solve that quarterback. Yeah. He's always been able to solve that quarterback position. Always. Always. Like and, and Kyle, it's like it's like the last thing on Kyle's checklist. Man, that should be the first thing, man. <laughs> Are you kidding? Yeah. Like yeah. Andy Reid is has always developed and been able to produce, produce quarterbacks. I mean, we've talked about it on this show before. Donovan Donovan McNabb was kind of like a shocker pick when when he was chosen. Yes, it was. Triple yeah, didn't his didn't didn't his own fans boo him? They yeah. freaked out, right? Eagles fans freaked out. Now they freak out about everything, but that was the right pick. Right. Alex Smith was the right choice. Then Patrick Mahomes. He never has a season where he's like, "Well, I went through three. I didn't have a quarterback this year." That's Kyle's. That's his dad's career too. I'm telling you, man. The whole Shanahan legacy is built on Mike inheriting Steve Young and John Elway. After that, th- I mean, it's been this for like 25 years for the Shanahan's. It and this whole thing with the 49ers. And the, like how people are, there's, there's like polar opposites between the like the, the Brock. Now it's like a Brock click, and then the the Lance click is because whether you like Brock or Lance, or you don't like any of them, or you like both. Like the problem is the 49ers don't have their like. There's not a clear cut choice. Like Chiefs fans aren't arguing over whether it should be Patrick Mahomes or like they got like the 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 Eagles fans are arguing over who should like. The right. teams that have their quarterback are arguing over who's the who's the guy. Like that's the that's the problem. Like if it was, if one of these guys had stepped up and it was so clear that they're the guy, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a problem. And that's during this whole Kyle Shanahan tenure, it's been they've been unable to solve the quarterback problem. And again, like I, it's like they most teams would be really frustrated by this. And it would mean like, man, if we don't have a quarterback, we're not really contenders. The Niners revel in it. They love it. Oh, yeah. We don't know who our quarterback. It doesn't matter who our quarterback. We'll figure it out. We'll let them compete. And then the Cabo click will go to Cabo and talk about it for a weekend. And then we'll, they'll come back and decide who the quarterback is. And like, I, and it's like after every game, it's like, hey, George, what do you think of the quarterback's play? Oh, you know, some good, some not so good. It's like, okay, here comes Coach George breaking down the quarterback position like he's the, you know what I mean? That's The Niners love that. Because the opposite on most teams is the only celebrity on the team is the quarterback, and every question is about him. Hey, George, what would you think of the quarter? Uh, you know, every single question. And that's what Trey was bordering on. Every single question was about him. I don't think they like that. I don't think they like that. Anyway, let's move on. Zane Gonzalez. The 49ers traded for Zane Gonzalez. This is a game changer, man. His name is Zane. This is the second Zane the Niners have had on the team since they got Zane Beatles, and it's a great name. But he's an even better kicker, which is more important. They traded, they swapped picks in 2025. That's how invested they are. He also has no guaranteed money. Um, he also missed all of last year with a quad injury that was actually a re-aggravation of a quad injury that he had in 2021. So my question to you is, are the Niners still in the market for a, a kicker? Yeah, I think they'll, they'll probably draft one. I mean, yeah. I think like they're not they're not looking for a one a one shot solution to this. I think they're probably going going to uh, go a couple of avenues and then they'll let camp decide. So 
this is an option where, hey, if he's healthy, they've got a good kicker. Um, they're bring with another guy or two guys. Man, I can barely hear you. I, your your microphone might be going out a little bit. Are, are you on your computer microphone or or no, your no, microphone, yeah. microphone? No, microphone, microphone. Oh, Did there you? you go. Now I can hear you. Yeah, you got you got to like breathe into that thing, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, Zane Gonzalez. I I don't think this is a serious solution. I mean, no. if he's healthy, then great. But like, if you look at what they're they didn't commit anything. It's not really a trade. It's like it seemed like the Panthers were going to cut him. And the Niners are like, no, 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 no. We, we'll we'll <laughs> swap seventh round picks in 2025. Why don't you send him over here so we can cut him in a few months if he doesn't, if he's not healthy? You know what I mean? Like Steve Wilkes knows him. How many Panthers are the Niners going to bring in because Steve Wilkes knows him? Hey, Kyle, I got a feeling. I know him. Yep. They should bring in four more. I think they don't have enough Panthers on this team. Because right. that was a team that was going places. They won four of their last six games. Brian Burns. He's good. Yeah, he's I'll good. take him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how they fit him on the ro- how they fit him cap wise on the roster. Especially, do you think this means? Do you think the Niners are still trying to get Robbie Gold? They're like, hey, we got someone, but we still want you. No, I think. Do you think I it's think, like when you call your ex and you like send them pictures of like the date you were on last night? It's like it didn't really go that well, but I got options. I think they. I think that ship sailed. I think he he obviously doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be in the Bay Area. So like, I don't. I don't know that they're interested in keeping keeping him against his will for that much longer. You know, like, yeah, all. yeah. I don't think we need to talk much more about the kicker. Other thing is, I I don't really like drafting kickers. I feel like they could get a guy as an undrafted free agent, or if they do, like, do it in round seven, man, seven. Don't do it in round four, like you did with Mitch Wisnowski, because you took him over Chauncey Gardner Johnson. That was dumb. We all knew it was dumb at the time. Still was still dumb now. Isaac says, my haircut looks better than Grant's. No, no, no. I saw your haircut, Isaac. It's terrible. You look awful. You're the ugliest person I've <laughs> I don't know who Isaac is. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. Like, this, it's the second Zane that they, they, they've signed. He <laughs> is The second. Like, how many people how does Zane? How many Zanes have you ever met? I've never just, how do you have two in, like, a seven-year span? I remember, remember, remember that, uh, remember that, like, um, it was, it was in like an all girls group, like Zane, Zane or Zane. Remember? You, you don't know. No. 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 I have a terrible memory, though. Oh, hey, let's talk about how not to replace Samson Nebuchadnezzar. Because I feel like the Niners just showed us the exact perfect way of how not to replace your starting D end. What do you think? Sign Cleveland Farrell and then back that up with signing Austin Bryant? Is that perfect? <laughs> no, the, the the one what I was getting is the one thing you don't want to do by no by no means do not put Eric Armstead back at defensive end like that cannot. Be I saw people saying that on Twitter. It's like hold on, hold on, hold on. Do we do I have to explain again why we can't do that? Why that's not an option? We yeah. we as in the world, it can't happen. No, no way. Like I mean, when he plays D end, he's the best player for the other team. He is the best player for the other team when he's playing DN. He's not just he, he he's not just a, a non-impact player at DN. Like he is a liability. Why? Because he's a zero as a pass rusher from the edge, and he can't keep the quarterback in the pocket. Good run defender though. From wherever you put him on the D line, hell of a run defender. But in terms of keeping the quarterback in the pocket and rush, is he's not he's not athletic enough at 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 the edge position. It's not you can't. 
you can't just put like you can't put 300 pound guys out there and like uh, anymore like you can't do it you know? no um maybe if the quarterback was tom brady you could do something like that but if the quarterback can use his legs at all yeah no. you can't so also how many career sacks does eric armstead have from the edge uh, Try to remember one time him winning from the edge. I can't think of one. No, don't do that. So you got Cleveland Farrell. He's starting Super Bowl. I don't think the I don't think I think there are I've talked like people have talked about I think they're going to address it in the draft. And I, I'm not even sure that they're starting defensive end opposite Bosa is on the roster right now. Um, I know people have a lot of praise for Jackson, but like, if you look back at what Jackson did last year, his sacks—they all came from like stunts. They all came from stunts or from straight up lining up in the A or B gap as a D tackle. And if you look at his sacks in college, they were all from that or shooting the inside gap, all of them. And when I asked Chris Kasarik preseason what's the vision for uh, Drake Jackson, he was like, "Well, kind of like what we did with Arden Key." Go back and look at his sacks in college. They mostly came from the interior. Okay, thanks, Chris. So, so the, I don't see how that changes. Yeah, like I don't have a. I actually don't have a problem with any of the defensive end signings they have now because if, but if you're using those guys as rotational pieces, because if the 49ers have done really well with like finding guys like that just off other other rosters, and then Casera coaching them up and them being a lot better than they were at the other sure. team, not good enough. Yeah. To, a, you know a starter a starter right right uh, but they do need a like a start none of those guys i think are starting caliber type type edge player maybe jackson if he takes a leap but like we just discussed like i'm not as hot on him as other guys um they might be able to find there may have a couple guys they're targeting in the draft um and there might be a guy in free agency, like a veteran that they like, and they're just waiting for him, for, waiting for his price to go down. You know, like he might be waiting for a better offer. They might have something on the table, but they're not going to go up. Like, and that might work itself out over time too. I'm not sure that they're super. Um, that they really believe in Drake Jackson. They they may have. I don't know how they feel about him because it seems like Cleveland Farrell is a bigger, stronger better option on first down against the run um and so drake jackson like you're probably not going to be the starting base the end on this team and you're probably not going to be an edge rusher on third down because we all know most of your pressures come from the interior so you're either going to be taking snaps away from like eric armstead on third down which you haven't earned yet or you're not gonna be playing much so i don't really know it seems like you know signing farrell and bryant was not necessarily the best sign for Drake Jackson. Um, I mean, they could have went out and signed Yannick Ngakwe, but it seems like they signed two guys who could pretty much replace, who could pretty much push Jackson out of the picture for cheap. So, And they're probably going to draft a guy too. So, yeah, I don't know about Drake Jackson. What they said about him at the end of the year, how he was inactive, that didn't bode well. Yeah. Like, they, they people <laughs> people were, were were attributing it to, like, roster politics, that they didn't they want more interior guys. I just thought – I per, I thought it was because their other edge guys were better. Yeah. Um, and so I think I think maybe they'll solve it that way. They'll solve it in the draft. I, I don't – I'm not sure that their starting guys on 
is on the roster right now. Um, I will say, like, it's funny because it's always like you, you you make fun of them for run it back, run it back. I think like when you look at what the 49ers are, a lot of what they try to do is like they look back at that 2019 blueprint, and I think they want to have the D Ford guy. Like, the, yeah, the Ebicom. Sure, Ebicom was that was Ebicom, but he's not. He never was. He was more of a run defender, and that's Cleveland Farrell. So you've replaced that, but if you're trying to replace D. Ford, it's not Drake Jackson. It's no one on the team. Yeah, and so that's why I'm saying I think that they're going to look elsewhere because I think there's nobody on the team right now that you can look and say, oh, he's he's the D. Ford guy. You if know? they could go sign Leonard Floyd, he would he would qualify, but I think he'd probably, probably be more expensive than they're willing to pay Leonard Floyd. I don't – I think – that's what they want or they, they probably are looking at veterans but they're priced out of their range and the market the market has to drop for them to kind of be in play so they're probably hoping like hey um hope nobody wants to sign Leonard Floyd or any of these guys and then and then um maybe they can work on a contract yeah I, I'm also thinking the Niners feel they can probably draft someone and with one of those third round comp picks uh, someone with traits and let Chris Caseric coach him up. You know what I mean? I'm thinking yeah. that they could probably do that. Someone who runs a four or five with like a, a fast ten yard split. Jerry Baker says only playing to see only paying to see Grant shake his face again. I got that from what was it from uh Billy Madison where he shakes that kid's face at the end? You gotta cherish it. And the kid's face is just shaking. Michael McCann says, What's the de- uh, the dead cap hit if we trade Debo next season? Oh my god. It's great, probably crazy because they just signed. They just signed him. Like, usually yeah, let me him. tell you, what you got to do is go to over the cap. Then you go uh, to the, there's a little drop down thing. Click on trade pre one. The dead cap hit next year is twenty one point seven million with six point seven million saved. Kind of rough. You got to be careful with these contracts, man. You got to get a prenup. Okay, last to- last topic. I don't have a prenup. I'm married though. The Niners have eleven draft picks. Their win-now team that was in this NFC Championship game the last two years. On the face, you're thinking, man, there's no way 11 rookies make this team. But then they lost a lot of players in free agency. Um, you think they should be keeping most of their draft picks? But I think I see a lot of like what the point which it, that you just said in the sense that, like, oh, there's no way 11 rookies make this team. But I think you have to think of it like this, and I've said it before, like, Draft picks are just chances, right? There's yeah. no if you get a first round draft pick, there's no guarantee that that guy is going to hit. He's either going to be an average player, or it's just an increased increased chance. So, mm-hmm. why, like, instead of trading instead of trading like a bunch of draft cap, draft capital to, to move up, why not just draft all your guys or draft the bulk of them? Bring them into camp because you don't have to cut until you don't have to do you don't have to cut your roster down until the end of till till the end of the end of August. Try try do like a little trial period, see who's the bust in camp, and then just then cut the rookies that you don't like. Or if there's a guy who you think is good enough to make a fifty-three man roster, but you can't can't fit on yours, you can always trade them. They do stuff like that. Yeah, and and the bulk of their the bulk of their draft their draft choices, right? They're later round picks, so like. They're not gonna take a huge dead cap hit for trading for cutting a fifth round pick for cutting the like a first round pick that you're gonna take a big if you cut a first round pick you're gonna take a hit 
on your yeah. These are later round draft, even a third round, even third round pick. Like right. and they've they've kind of did it before, right? They've they've cut right. now last I think right last year I think they cut one or two guys that they drafted. They de- they definitely then they they cut um I remember he was a, I think he was a DB out of Penn State. Uh, yeah, so what you're saying, what you're saying essentially is, would you rather consolidate picks and have fewer chances to hit, or just give yourself eleven chances and live with cutting two or three rookies and feel like you know what, that gave ourselves more chances to hit? I mean, I see what you mean on that. You get I see to, what you mean. You get to test drive them for you get to test right. drive them for like a month and a half and see if that's true, right? And that's and true. Then you get you know what I mean, which is that's true. Yeah, which might be better than you know taking those three or four taking three or four picks turning it to one player right because you got to factor like if you have a draft class like 10 to 20 percent of it is going to just not be what you wanted at least right no matter how many guys you bring in seven or eleven like there's going to be a certain percentage of guys that just don't work out the Tariq right. castro fields of the group that's the guy I was you know what i'm saying exactly so if you consolidate set 11 picks to six that doesn't mean you're going to hit on all six Right, so you, see, you still might only hit on eighty percent of them or sixty percent of them. So give yourself eleven chances. I make sense. Yeah, it makes so, sense. Like if you need a right tackle, instead of trading up. Now I know the. If you look at if you look, the at, Niners don't need a right tackle. They have Colin McKibbins. What are you talking about? If you look at if you look at <laughs> like you typically need to draft in the first second round to get a right tackle, right? Uh-huh. Not like. The guy from the Eagles, like where you just we take a flyer in the seventh round or whatever, like, and then he turns out to be, uh, you know, a, a Pro Bowl. That doesn't happen. Like, no. but you know, might it be better to just instead of trading up and you know giving away four draft picks to maybe get in this, maybe you get in the second round, and maybe it's better to just use draft tack right tackle four times or three times. Yeah. Guys into camp, see who sucks. Who draft doesn't. guys with traits. Draft guys with traits. Big guys who are fast and move well. Like stop, because you have a good coach. Let him give him some real clay to work with. Is what I would say. Yeah, because that's what the Eagles do. All those guys in their offense, they're not all first round picks, but they're all big and really athletic. All of them. And the guy you mentioned, who you know, Jordan Mailata, the other the other guy who's now in um, with the really long name, who's now in Detroit. I mean, they killed it at the combine. They just hadn't played football before, right? Because they were rugby players. Right. So, yeah. Remember when the 49ers sound a rugby player? Lawrence Okoye was – no, Jared Hayne ended up yeah. being anti-Semitic. Ended up hating Jews, so I ended up not liking him. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, ended, not, up, ended up uh-huh. – He would be the first anti-Semitic from Australia. <laughs> was, I don't – You're from that region. Know. Yikes. Tommy no, Huxley says – what? Mel Gibson, you know, his whole like. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's Australian, isn't he? Yeah. Mel Gibson, not a fan of the tribe. Okay, Tommy Huxley says, if peeing in your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Great line from Billy Madison, one of the funnier movies of all time. I like Billy Madison. Tom Jensen, new member. Everyone, check out Tom Jensen's work on uh, si.com slash Forty ers All Forty ers Oh, he's a writer. Newest writer. Oh, yeah, and he's killing it. He's putting out mock drafts. He's doing all the work that I don't do. He's doing a great job. If you want to be, like, educated for the for the draft, go read Tom Jensen. He's right up there right now. He just put up a full 49ers mock draft. That's what I'm talking third round, fourth round. Who, who does that? And, he, and the picks make – and he had trades. 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 
Yeah, it's really good. Chris, I don't know, says, Grant, do you think it'd be a good idea for the Niners to trade up in the draft with the amount of draft picks we have? We don't have many spots to fill, and I can't see 11 rookies contributing for us. We just talked about that right now. That's what I think, but, I mean, coaches made a good uh, argument for standing pat and drafting as many guys as you can. Because, honestly, the Niners are so low in the draft, they can't really package their picks and move that far up, you know? They really can't. Right. Like the big thing, the big why I feel like for most 49ers fans is a right tackle. But right. I don't know that there's, they have enough ammunition to get into range to get attacked, to get, they don't. Like, and it's got to be a tackle that they like. So you can't just go and just get into the second round and, or maybe they get to the second, end of the second round, just take any freaking tackle. Like, no. You know, like, now, if um, the guy from BYU is there and, and, and you could move up to get him, yeah, do it. But like, just to go and, you know, I just don't know there's enough ammunition there to do it. You know, like, can you work out a Brandon Ayuk trade and get him to the end of the first round? And then maybe you're working on something. Yeah. Or um, Trey Lance. No. Why do, what do you think Trey Lance is even worth? It's hard to say, man. I don't know. Second, maybe. Because he never had a resume. He didn't even have a resume coming out of college. His, his whole worth and value is always built on projection almost like anthony richardson um and now he hasn't played really in three years so i I wonder how much that upside is still valued a lot of teams like i think this came out too is a lot of teams didn't even have a grade on him because they they weren't down on him they weren't up on him no so there wasn't enough to information and i don't know that his time in the pros has even changed that. Like, would you still, wouldn't you still have a, like kind of a question mark there on, on him? If you're grading him out, like uh, he had, how do you give him a grade? And, and it'd be interesting. What if there was never a pandemic? What would his, what would he be right now? If he had to play that second season at North Dakota state, you know, that first, that first game didn't go so well. What would he have, what would his draft stock have been? Would it have been a good year or would he have come back down to earth? Don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, don't know. He he, kind of that that the COVID year. Kinda, he is one of the players that I feel like yeah. they messed up in that COVID year because he could have used that experience, right? Like he could have used it. And then you got Zach Wilson, who sort of dominated like a like a you know a bubble tournament and got rich off of you know a fraudulent resume, pretty much. Although you you liked him, a lot of people like Zach Wilson. Is it possible? I think the problem with Zach Wilson is his personality. It seems kind of like Carson Wentzy, Josh Roseny, where he's just not going to get a team. To and the perfect, him. right? The perfect, and the and the guy that's really going to help mentor him is perfect. Rogers. Guy, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, because because he's so down to earth and humble. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like. Good call. Yeah. No, yeah, man. If Robert Sala can't humble you, like, dude, I don't know, man. You might just be a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember that those stupid jokes. You might be a redneck if you might be a jerk if. The whole team wants Mike White to be the quarterback. Like wearing the T-shirts of. Damn, dude, and he's not even good. They just don't like you. Wow. Anyway, I think the the lesson we learned is don't draft a quarterback immediately following or during a pandemic. Don't do it. Next time, they'll know. Yeah, and I guess the the bigger thing, right, is they treated they treated so much to to get him. It wasn't just like. That's the other thing. You want the rookie quarterback because it's like cost effective, but you made him expensive, right? Not not just in terms of cap hit, but in terms of the draft capital. That matters. I actually the the good the good news is, or at least 
I do feel like one of these two guys, Purdy or Lance, will probably be like a guy that can play in the top third of the league. On a rookie deal? Yeah. I, or I like long term. I know people are down on Purdy because of his because of his you know some of his um you know his physical traits, but you know Drew Brees didn't have the best physical traits either, and he you know he, he established a nice a nice career. He won one Super Bowl. Not that you know so um, especially if you're playing with Brock on a on a rookie deal. I mean, and then you know let's see what happens with Lance if Lance is the guy. Like ideally, if I've tweeted this out before, the ideal scenario actually for the 49ers would be. That if if Lance proves he can play, and Purdy builds up his resume a little bit too, now you can. Who? What team wouldn't want a guy, a quarterback that has pot- potential to go on a to go, go on like an eight streak, winning streak into the playoffs, and cost seven hundred thousand dollars on your cap hit. I know it's whatever team wants. It's exactly whatever team wants. Could he, the problem that, is he got hurt. They all get hurt. And that's what I'm saying. If he if yeah. he were to come back, play a little bit, Lance were to play, and Lance were to prove that he's the guy, but also and Purdy played a little bit too to prove that he still that he still got it. Like you know, and the so the 49ers were comfortable keeping Lance. Purdy would be the perfect guy. You would be able to get probably a lot of compensation for it because. Teams are like, oh, starting starting quarterback, and he only costs seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand on our roster. Sign me up for that. Like, <laughs> I want to see the two quarterback system that the Niners were flirting with two years ago. Two quarterbacks, both of them. three. Sam Donald can do something too. Three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. I think that would be fun. You have it in you have it in gun. You have it in gun, right? And then you have two quarterbacks back. So you don't know which one's going to get the And snack. they just keep they just keep handing it to each other behind the and no one knows who has it. I think that's the future of football right there. I like it. The Mech says, "Hey Grant, I just asked GPT-4 to write an article in your style. That's terrifying. You got to see this. I'm going to send it to you in the mail. It's great. AI is here. That's really funny." I was messing around with ChatGBT and I was asking questions like, is Kyle Shanahan a good coach? And he was making all the Shanahan excuses. I was like, man, even even robots are programmed to defend this guy. It's really pissing me off. Robots were defending him. Elias Soto says, possible trade BA for an above average solid right tackle. The problem with that is you got to replace Ayuk after that. And you can't say that's Danny Gray or Jawan Jennings or Ray Ray McLeod. If you trade Ayuk, like... I would go for a draft pick. I wouldn't go for a play because the whole point of trading IU is you want you you want to get cheaper. You want to get talented. Yeah. You want to get cheaper. Right. That's so, the thing. If you trade IU for a first round pick, you're going to take a wide receiver, not a right tackle. You got to you got to replace IU. Well, I, you not necessarily right because I think I think feasibly you could depending on how it looks in the draft, you could trade for the trade IU if the right tackle that you like is there in the first round. There's plenty of wide receivers you can get in the second and second third round. Like you can find, you can find guys. Like yeah, but here, here's the here's the complicating factor: Kyle's offense. It's so hard for rookies to play right away, right? You got to learn a new language, and you got to learn, you got to memorize the phone book. He doesn't like playing rookies. Ayuk did it somehow, but they were like six and ten. He didn't care. I don't know. He'll, That's well, the thing with Kyle. That's maybe, the thing. Well, maybe Danny Gray will be out of the doghouse this year and. You know? That's another thing I don't. I have against Kyle, man. 
could you simplify your freaking offense so that rookies can play? Because it's your the Niners have all already they're like right now they're discovered that it's an advantage to get the guys on the rookie contract on the field. Oh yeah, that's definitely true. Well, it's tough to do when they're over there like failing Kyle Shanahan's pop quizzes. You can't play until you get a ninety nine on this. It's like damn man, I don't know. I'm a good athlete though. Can I play? No, you're not allowed to. We're gonna go with Trent Taylor and River Craycraft because they aced the test this week. Who are still in the league, by the way. True. It's true. And, and Do you think another, the Niners make? Huh? I was just gonna say, and that's another thing on this philosophy: is the Niners have actually been decent at dra- good at drafting wide receivers. That's true, yeah. especially yeah. since since Dante and Jalen Hurd. That was a bad year. Yeah, those are the only two guys. But the other guys they've got had in the roster are still on teams. The guy, um, what's his name, was the leading Giants wide receiver this past this past year, or, the, or number two. Uh, I forgot his I forgot his name. Um, uh, he was. Richie James, how could you forget the great Richie yeah. James? You know what? It's because Kyle Shanahan played wide receiver at Texas, and there's some highlights floating around Twitter this morning of uh, Kyle Shanahan's prolific college career. And what I didn't know is he essentially was a slot receiver. He was like the Jawan Jennings of University of Texas, minus the production and the skills. Like, if you look at his, if you look at his, like his, his, it's like it, it's like he's wearing a defensive lineman pads, like dude. Back it's there. funny that he's so into uh, wide receivers that give yards after the catch because that's not exactly his skill set. <laughs> uh, Jay says, do you think the Niners make any more edge moves via free agency? Nah, man. They got Cleveland Farrell, baby. What are you talking about? I, good. I think they could, but they are waiting for the market to, to kind of to reset itself. Leonard Floyd would be perfect. Look for Leonard Floyd because he would be perfect. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Leonard Floyd, Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, I think, I think people will love Yannick Ngakwe, but I think I don't know that he's in their price range. They would have to do some cap gymnastics, even even if his price lowered, unless like right. I'm really misjudging the market. But no, I think they would go Leonard Floyd because Floyd got cut, and Yannick is just a free agent, and so that that means Leonard Floyd doesn't affect the comp pick formula. The Niners love comp picks. <laughs> Seriously, Yannick would would cancel out one of them. Floyd would not, and the Niners, you know, they will give up a comp pick over their dead bodies. That's the most important thing is for them to keep rolling the comp picks. Have, Quest for six. How many how many sacks did London Floyd have last year? I don't know. I feel like he's never been. Has he has he ever had double double digit sacks? Uh, let's see. He had nine, and he had nine and a half the year before that, and ten and a half the year before that. I'll take him, man. I'll take him. Let's go. Let's go, Leonard Floyd. But I, I mean, like, if you put together, you know, 27 sacks in three seasons, he should be able to get $5 million, $7 million. Like, I don't care what he does against the run. But that's just me. I don't know that it's that because I, some guys, they feel like, because not all sacks are equal, right? Like, sometimes you can just walk into a sack and you didn't earn it. Yeah, ask Eric Armstead 2019. But I'm just saying, it's three years in a row. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I'm sorry. Eric, if you're watching, I know you are. You're a great player, man, and an even better person. But So thank you. A guy like – but I think that's why part of the reason why like the D Ford guy kind of works in this defense, right? Yeah. Is that you can he get those back because they just flush you. They'll, yeah. The rush will flush you to your side, and then you just basically run yeah. into the quarterback. And if, you, if you're athletic enough to chase him down, yeah. you get a sack. Yeah. That's right. So uh, that's the show. 
have a great weekend. It seems like it's somewhat sunny here in the Bay, so go outside while it's not raining. Yeah, actually, uh, stay in tonight and watch March Madness. Watch UConn take on No, UCLA lost. It's upsetting. I'm still not over yeah, it. You're not gonna. So you're not gonna watch. No, not gonna watch? dude. No. College basketball is awful. Awful, man. First of all, 35 second shot clocks. They just dribble around. They pass it around the perimeter. Dribble around. It's like, oh my god, stop dribbling. And then no one can create their shot. And then when they get an open shot, no one can hit it. It's like, man, this is good stuff. And the final score is like 55 to 52. It's like, Whoa! that was great. It's a bur- bur- no, thank you. I still, I still love it. Um, and I guess on the tournament vibe, I got to ask you, uh, what's, what's your plan against the, the, the great Vish? I'm going to lose. It would be an honor. Like, I'm just happy that I made it this far. It was an honor to go head-to-head with Mayoko and uh, Larry. I mean, those guys. I'm just, I'm just happy I'm here. If Vish beats me, more power to him. He's great. You can't I, think, I think Croc, I think Croc's going to win it all, though. No, uh, that's my prediction i think croc's gonna win it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough like it's gonna I, my prediction was it was gonna be between is gonna be you or vish versus croc for the final and that could i'm go- surprised barrels made it far because it's all like the it seems like all like the the new youtube podcasters but barrels you know everyone respects him does a great job i don't know how close that i mean mayoko came pretty far too yeah i felt barrels. like yeah um how, how'd you feel about that first round matchup I thought I was going to lose that one. I'm very happy. I was very happy. Yay. I was, I was going to, I thought I was going to lose and be like, man, that was a stupid popularity contest. It doesn't mean anything. All of a sudden I've won three rounds. I'm like, this is important stuff. Everyone needs to check this out. Thanks for watching everyone. I will be back, you know, tomorrow. We'll do a little cone phone action on the on a Sunday. So you guys can sound off. Thanks coach. All right.